Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to our Thursday night Parashat HaShavua class. Tonight we are studying Parashat Devarim. We're beginning the fifth and final Sefer of Hamisha Chumshei Torah. And of course, it is Shabbat Hazon. Those two terms, Devarim and Hazon, will be the uh, main crux of our discussion tonight. And uh, as we know, this upcoming Shabbat is called Shabbat Hazon. The Shabbat of Hazon, and this name is derived from the fact that the Haftarah that is designated for this Shabbat is taken from the words of Yishayahu, first chapter, first pasuk, which begins with Chazon Yishayahu ben Amotz, Asher Chazal Yehuda Yerushalayim. The vision of Yishayahu, the son of Amotz, which he saw concerning Yehuda and Yerushalayim, this parasha and Haftarah, Devarim and Chazon, are always read without exception on the Shabbat prior to Tisha B'Av, or on the Shabbat of Tisha B'Av, when Tisha B'Av falls out on Shabbat, and the fast is postponed to Sunday. That sometimes happens as well. It's a well-known fact that this Shabbat Torah readings in general conform to an annual uh, cycle. It's arranged with precision, and there's profound meaning uh, um, that was given uh, by Ezra HaSofer, that was brought down in Masechet Megillah, why each week is uh, read, which each parasha is read in a certain week. I mean, it's worthwhile, therefore, to maybe expound on this a little bit as to why Ezra Sofer saw it fit that parasha Devarim is always read on the Shabbat prior to Tisha B'Av, or again, like I said, when Tisha B'Av falls on Shabbat and it's pushed off to Sunday. Um, addressing this issue, we have to look at the tour the Tur, the Arba Turim, and as well as the Shulchan Aruch, both write, Tisha Be'av Kodem Va'etchanan, that the fast of Tisha Be'av is prior to Parashat Va'etchanan, right, the Shabbat before Parashat Va'etchanan, which we call Shabbat Nahamu. And what's the reason for this? They explain, Kedei Shikreu Parashat Devarim Shemitchilat Betochechotav Shel Moshe Kodem Tisha Be'av. In order that Moshe Rabbeinu's rebuke of the people, which takes part, which takes a large portion of the book of Devarim, and it begins in Parashat Devarim, is read prior to Tisha B'Av, to go hand in hand lehaftir bechazon, to go hand in hand with the the haftarav chazon shehi tochachat al churban which is the rebuke of the, uh, the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash. So the rebuke of Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of his life found in Parashat Devarim goes hand in hand with the rebuke of Yeshayahu found in Parashat Chazon, which, uh, uh, in, in Haftarat Chazon, which deals with the destruction of Bet HaMikdash. So in other words, we want to connect these two rebukes. Moshe's rebuke of Bnei Israel before his death, and Yishayahu's rebuke of Bnei Israel concerning the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash, and since we read Yishayahu's rebuke on Shabbat before Tisha B'Av, it was arranged that Parashat Devarim coincides with the reading of this Haftarah. Let's go a little bit deeper. There's a chidush by the Bnei Israel, which we've quoted uh, before in this uh, series of Shi'urim, and he writes that there are 22 days of Ben HaMetzarim, 22 days spanning from Shiva Asar Betamuz and Tisha B'Av. And in those 22 days, there are precisely 528 hours. Right? 22 days times 24 hours, and you will get to five uh, times 24 hours per day. It's 528 hours. 
Why is this number significant? This is precisely the amount of chapters, perakim, contained in all the Mishnayot found in Torah Shebalpeh. If you were to take count all the chapters of Mishnayot from Masech Brachot all the way to Masech Nida, you will find 528 chapters. The Megillah Mukot writes that the sum total of all the six orders of Mishnah, the chapters of the six orders of Mishnah, Shishas Mishnah, equals 528, which is the gematria of Mafteach. Mafteach means a key. And the, because the Mishnayot that were redacted by Rabbi Yudah Nasi are the key to interpreting and understanding the entire Torah, of course, included the Torah Shebichtab, the five books of Moshe, which we'll get to soon. He goes on to explain that the connection between 528 and 22 days of Ben HaMetzarim and Mafteach, he says, can be linked to a certain Midrash that writes, and kol ha-gluyot halalu mitkansot ela bizchut mishnayot. All the exiles that the Jewish people will go through, their engathering of those exiles comes as a result of the merit of the learning of mishnayot. Why? Maitama ki gam yitznu bagoyim Quoting a pasuk that says, although they pay tribute, the word pay tribute is yitenu, to the goyim, I will gather them now. Now the Chachamim and the Gemara say that this word yitenu, which in Hebrew means will give, the Gemara, the Gemara actually says in this pasuk, it should be interpreted as an Aramaic word. Aramaic word yitenu, and there's a general rule that a taf and a shin interchange between Aramaic and Hebrew. Just to give you an, uh, an example, in uh, Hebrew, the word for a bull or an ox is shor. And in Aramaic, it's tor with a taf. Um, the, we say in Chad Gadia, right? When the bull came, the ox came, it was a Torah. That's how we say in the, in the Chad Gadia and Pesach. So Yitenu is actually Leshanot, the Sheen and the Taf. So the term Yitenu is actually related to the term Mishnah. So we see here, as a result of the Mishnayot that the Jewish people learned, the Torah Shebaal Peh, Baruch Hu gathers the, uh, gathers the exiles. And we see we find the same interpretation in the Gemara Masechet Ba'abatra. If they all, if Bnei Israel all study the Mishnayot while in the exile among the Goyim, I will gather them now. So, in the merit of the study of Mishnayot, we will merit the Galut. We will merit, we will merit exiting the Galut, the Geula, which is represented by the 528 hours in between the Ben Hametzarim, which is between Shiva Asar Betamuz and Tisha B'Av, entering the future Geula. The Bnei Sechal goes further. He says, you see, the Torah Shebaal Peh is synonymous with the Holy Shekhinah. Uh, by occupying ourselves with the Torah Shebaal Peh, we merit the presence of the, of the Shekhinah. The Gemara Masechet Brachot teaches us that even if one single individual, on his own, studies the Torah, the Shekhinah is with him. And therefore, the Shekhinah is constantly with us in Galut. The, the Gemara Masechet Megillah says, Tanya Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Omer Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai says, Look how beloved the Jewish people are to God. In every place that they were exiled to, the Shekhinah is with them. List Mitzrayim, Babel, And even in the future, when they will be redeemed, 
the Shekhinah will accompany them. So this explains very nicely why Bnei Israel will only be redeemed in the merit of their study of Torah Shebaal Peh. <clears throat> because when the Jews occupy themselves with the Torah Shebaal Peh, <clears throat> which is the Holy Shekhinah, like we said, it causes God to want to take Bnei Israel out of Galut along with the Shekhinah due to the pleasure that it gives him. So therefore, for this reason, the 22 days of Ben Amitzarim contain 528 hours, the same number of chapters in all the Mishnayot, which indicates that the merit of studying the Mishnayot, the foundation of the Torah Shebaal Peh, will merit the redemption from Galut. There is a Gemara in Masech Nedarim, which, if we study it, it can maybe substantiate the premise of what we just said. The Gemara says, <clears throat> "Why?" The Gemara wonders, "Why were the why was the Bet Hamikdash destroyed?" And the Chachamim explain, "Because they have forsaken my Torah, which I put before them." That's what the Chachamim explain. Al ozvam etorati asher natati lifnehem. So. Amar Rabbi Yehuda Marav, Rabbi Yehuda Marav says, what does this mean? How do you forget the Torah? So Rabbi Yehuda Marav explains, Shelo barechu batorah techila. Very famous statement by Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rav. He says, they neglected to study, sorry, to recite a beracha before engaging in Torah study. As we know that we say Birkat Torah every morning during Birkat Shachar, they neglected to recite that beracha. Now the commentaries are very puzzled with this statement. Like, how is it conceivable that the Jewish people were exiled from their land, Eretz Israel, for such a seemingly minor sin, a transgression? Yes, I understand, but it's small. You know, uh, there are so many uh, harsh uh, rebukes by our prophets over the course of time that the Jewish people did wrong, and this is what you're. This is what you're choosing. In fact, the Gemara says very explicitly that the Bet Hamikdash was destroyed because of the three cardinal sins: Avodah Zarah, idolatry, Gilulayot, adultery, and Shefichut uh, Damim, murder. So, how then are we to understand this statement by Rav that Bnei Israel were sent into exile because of failure to recite the bracha before engaging in Torah study? So, the Turei Zahav, the Taz, explains that. The Chachamim were very aware that Bnei Israel were exiled due to serious transgressions. They're not, you know, uh, removing that idea from us. But what was what they could not comprehend was why their Torah study didn't protect them from committing these sins. The, the Torah, the Torah, the Gemara says, "Torah ba'ina de'asikba meganau matzla." That when a person is engaged in Torah studies, he's protected from sitting. There's no yetzerara. So why is it that the Torah couldn't protect him from Shefichud Damim, Avodah Zarah, and Gilui Arayot? So it must be that they forgot the Torah and abandoned its ways. Has to be. Therefore, it no longer afforded them the protection that they need. So this is what puzzled the Chachamim. Alma Avda Aretz. Why are we? Why did we get exiled from the land? Why was their Torah study not uh, uh, not sustained? Of uh, uh, this failure that resulted in being exiled. Addressing this question comes Amar Rav Yudah Marav. Rav Yudah says the name Marav. Shelo because they neglected to recite a bracha before engaging the Torah in the Torah study. 
Uh, only Torah study with commitment and self-sacrifice is sustained. We learned this from the Pasuk in Parashat Chukat. Zota Torah, Adam ki amut pe'oel. What is Torah? How do you sustain Torah? Adam ki amut pe'oel. He dies in a tent. He's got to kill himself for it. It takes a lot of work. And that's why the girsa of the, of the bracha, according to our brothers Ashkenazim, is vetzivanu la'asok bedivre Torah. That's what they say, la'asok bedivre Torah, to engage in the study of Torah. We, Sfaradim, we say al-divre Torah, which is an all-encompassing term. But the Ashkenazim say la'asok. There has to be engaging. There has to be work. It doesn't say lilmod divre Torah, just to learn. Right? Because la'asok emphasizes that it requires labor, it requires exertion, effort, in-depth analysis, discussion. Uh, so therefore, what Rav is saying is that they did not bless with the proper intent. Rather, what were they doing? They were committing to learn um, without the exertion, without the intensity. They, only, they wanted to learn what appealed to them, what was easy, without the extra effort. And as a consequence, that Torah did not offer them the protection that they needed. And that's what the Taz writes as the reason why they were exiled from the land. So what do we see from these words of the Taz? The root cause of the Galut was their failure to study the Torah with proper intent and commitment, pilpul. And therefore, la'asok pedivre Torah was not attained or maintained, should I say. The Midrash writes, שכל מי שאוהב עושר ותענוג אינו יכול ללמוד תורה שבעל פה. Anyone who covets wealth and covets earthly pleasures in this world cannot study תורה שבעל פה. They cannot study the oral law. Why? לפי שיש בצער גדול ונידוד שינה. Because when you need to acquire wealth and you need to acquire earthly pleasure, uh, pleasures, it, it, it consumes your day, it consumes your mind. It involves great suffering, lack of sleep. You won't be able to focus on the Torah Shabbat So therefore, it can't work. So this is what we're saying over here. The bracha la'asot pedivrei Torah wasn't maintained by B'nai Yisrael because they were too busy with other things. And they couldn't focus on the Torah with energy and effort. Rabbeinu Yonah says that the bracha of la'asot pedivrei Torah or al-divrei Torah for us Varadim, refers to the Torah Shebe'al Peh. And the second bracha that we recite in the morning, which is Asher Bacharbanu Mikol Amim, relates to the Torah Shebe'ichtav, to the written Torah. That's why when a person gets an aliyah to the Torah, the Torah Shebe'ichtav, he doesn't say Asher Kidejan La'asok Bedivre Torah or Al-Divre Torah. He says Asher Bacharbanu Mikol Amim, because that is in reference to the Torah Shebe'ichtav. The question is that they, why, why is this so? Because it would seem that Torah Shabbat comes first. Why institute a blessing? Let me rephrase the question. If we should say, Asher Bachar Banu Mikola Amim first, because that is the bracha corresponding to the Torah Shabbat, and then only afterwards we should say, La Asok Pedivre Torah or Al Divre Torah, which is Torah Shabbat Peh. Right? Torah Shabbat comes before Torah Shabbat Peh. Why reverse the order? So what we're saying is very is very deep. We're saying based on Gemara Maseret Gitin, Lo bara kadosh, lo karat hakadosh baruchu berit im Yisrael ela bishvili devarim shebe alpe. 
that God only entered His holy covenant with the Jewish people on account of what? On account of the oral teachings of the Torah Shabbat Peh. So due to its importance, that bracha is recited first. La'asok petivre Torah. Al divre Torah is recited before Asher Bacharbanu Mikol Amin. It's for that reason why all the Galuyot will be gathered solely because of the study of the Mishnayot, which is the basis of the Torah Shabbat Peh, because it constitutes a tikkun, a rectification for the failure of the Torah study of Torah Shabbat Peh, the study with labor, study with exertion, and the reason why the land was lost. And that goes hand in hand with what we said at the beginning by the Bnei Yisachar, 520 hours in the 22 days of, of Ben HaMetzarim, corresponding to the 528 chapters of Mishnayot, to teach us in the merit of the study of Torah Shabbat Peh, we will be redeemed and exit the Galut. Now, this is all nice, but there's a significant problem with this entire theory. The problem is that there, in reality, there aren't 528 chapters in Mishnayot. There are only 523 chapters in the Mishnayot. 528 hours in the 22 days, but only 523 chapters of Mishnayot. In fact, the Rambam, in his introduction to the commentary of Mishnayot, he writes very clearly, the number of Masechtot in the Mishnah are 61, and within it, there are 523 chapters. So now, what exactly did the Bnei Sechar mean then when he said 528 chapters? We know it is impossible to comprehend Mishnah. I take that back. It is impossible to comprehend any of the Chumash, the Chamisha Chumshei Torah, without learning the Mishnah and the Gemara, which we call Torah Shebe'al Peh. The Pasuk in Keriyat Shema, which we recite every single day, multiple times. The Pasuk says, V'dibarta bam, v'shiftecha, v'vetecha, u'lechtecha baderech. And you shall speak of them while you sit in your home and you walk on your way. And Rashi, who quotes the Gemaran Masechet Yoma, says, Bam yesh lecha reshut ledaber, velo bidvarim acherim. On those words, you have permission to speak, but not of other things. Rashi interprets the word Bam as the words of Torah. And in fact, there's an allusion to this, that the word Bam alludes to the Torah Shebe'alpeh and the Torah Shebikhtav. Because the Torah Shebikhtav begins with the letter Bet, Bereshit, Bara Elohim, and the Torah, the oral Torah, the first Mishnah, begins with the word Me'ematai, which is starts with the letter Mem. Bet and Mem is Bam. Ve'dibarta Bam. Those words, the words of Torah Shebikhtav and Torah Shebe'alpeh, that's what you should study. But anything else, any words, senseless words, or unrelated to the two Torahs, should be disregarded and not spoken. Now, we can justify maybe what this, this tradition of what we said, that there are 528 chapters in Mishnayot. In truth, there's only 523. But nevertheless, since the Torah Shebe'alpeh, the oral Torah, explains the Torah Shebe'ichtav, explains the written Torah, and the Torah Shebe'ichtav 
is comprised of five books, Hamisha Chumshe Torah, therefore 523 plus 5 add up to 528. Both of them together represent the Mafteach, the key to all aspects of Torah. There's a pasuk in Sefer Yishayahu that says, again, in reference to the, the days of sorrow and the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash. The pasuk writes, Ki ma'asu et Torat Hashem tzevaot. For they have loathed the Torah of Hashem, Master of Legions. Ve'et imrot kedosh Yisrael ni'atzu. And they scorned the word of the Holy One of Israel. The Midrash says, the first part of this pasuk, Ki ma'asu et Torah Hashem tzevaot, they loathe the Torah of Hashem, is in reference to the Torah Shebichtav. And the second part of the pasuk, which is more harsh, more cruel, and they scorned the word of the Holy One of Israel, is in reference to the Torah Shebe'alpeh. Why is that a more, why is the Pasuk referring to the Torah Shebe'al Peh or scorning the Torah Shebe'al Peh in such a, a, a more difficult, harder term? And the answer is because by disparaging and dishonoring the scholars of the Torah Shebe'al Peh, the scholars of the Mishnayot and the, and the Gemarot, by failing to study their teachings properly and diligently, they're demonstrating their their the loathe their their hatred for uh, for the Torah for the Torah uh, and it's also demonstrating a disregard for the Torah Shebichtav. So that's what it says. For they have loathed the Torah of Hashem is in reference to Torah Shebichtav. How do we know that they that they loathe the Torah Shebichtav? Because they scorned the words of the Chachamim, the Torah Shebe'alpeh. They scorned the teachings of the sages of the Torah Shebe'alpeh, the Mishnah and the Gemara. So now it appears that the what, what is this? What are we saying right now? That the major damage caused by Bnei Israel scorning the words of the Oral Torah, the words of the Chachamim relate to 523 hours of the Ben HaMetzarim. The first 523 hours of Ben HaMetzarim. I want you, for those listening right now, I want you to stay with me right now because we're going to have an amazing chidush right here. The first 523 hours, which we say, which we said correspond to the 523 Mishnayot, chapters of Mishnayot. And those are the, the chapters that the Jewish people scorned. They correspond to the Torah Shebe'alpeh and they correspond to what they, what they uh, deliberately hated or, or looked down upon the teachings of the, of, the, of the rabbis. The last five hours of Ben HaMetzarim, which are, by the way, the last five hours of Tisha B'Av, because the conclusion of Tisha B'Av is also the conclusion of Ben HaMetzarim, correspond to the five books of Torah. So the first 523 hours is the Mishnayot, all the way up to the last five hours of Tisha B'Av, which correspond to the five books of Torah, Hamishah Chumshet Torah. Those were also damaged 
Those were also loathed, but they were damaged secondarily due to Bnei Israel's neglect of the Torah Shebaal Peh. Remember, it's because of the Torah Shebaal Peh neglect that damaged the Torah Shebichtab. Look at the Chidush brought down by our Chachamim. There is a well-established Jewish minhag on Tisha B'Av to rise, meaning not sit on the floor, after midday, after Chatzot. After Chatzot on Tisha B'Av, no longer are you sitting in the floor. No longer are we sitting um, on the ground. It's now on benches or chairs. The Arizal explains the rationale for this minhag. And he says, quoting the Midrash, that Mashiach ben David was born on Tisha B'Av. And the Arizal asserts that not only was he born, that, that, that was born on Tisha B'Av, but he will be he was born after midday. And therefore, once Melech HaMashiach, who will redeem Israel from Galut, has been born, it's customary to rise from the ground and minimize our mourning. No longer are we sitting on the ground, we're sitting on chairs. Based on what we said, unbelievable. Consider the 523 hours that precede the last five hours of Tisha B'Av which we said the last five hours is Chamisha Chumshet Torah. It turns out that the hour immediately after midday on Tisha B'Av corresponds to the last chapter of the 523 chapters of Mishnah Yod. There are actually six hours after midday. Five of them are reserved for Hamisha Chuchet Torah. So the one hour, right, the, right after midday, there's one hour there. That hour corresponds to the last chapter of the Mishnah, right? The last of the 523. What does that chapter conclude with? The following Mishnah. I read it for you. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta. Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta said, Lo matzah kadosh paruchu keli machazik Israel. Ela HaShalom, that God did not find a vessel better suited to preserving bracha for the Jewish people rather than Shalom. Shneemar, Adonai Ozlamoiten, Adonai Varechetamoba Shalom. Hashem will give his nation strength. Hashem will bless his nation with Shalom. Now, we know the second Bet Migdash was destroyed due to the sin of Sinat Chinam, baseless hatred. We know that. We also know that the fact that it was destroyed because of baseless hatred, and the first temple was destroyed between the three cardinal sins, the Gemara equates it to, must be, if three cardinal sins was bad enough to destroy the first temple, it must be that baseless hatred, Sinat Chinam, is equivalent to the three cardinal sins. So now, look at what we've come up with. We can understand and comprehend this minhag to get off the ground on Tisha B'Av specifically during the hour after midday. Because that hour corresponds to the last chapter of the Mishnah. And that last chapter of Mishnah, which we just learned together, is that God did not find a vessel better suited to preserving bracha rather than the shalom. Seeing as the second Bet HaMikdash was destroyed because of Sinat Chinam, it's obvious that the only way the Geulah is going to come is as a result of shalom, as a result of peace among everyone. So therefore, during the hour corresponding to that statement about the extraordinary merit of shalom, peace, 
we get up off the ground and sit on proper chairs and benches. And explains very nicely why Rabbi Udai Nasi, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, chose to conclude the Mishnayot with this statement. Because Rabbeinu HaKadosh was a direct descendant of who? David HaMelech. He always taught his merits. Gemara Masechet Shabbat says that Rabbi Udai Nasi, who came from David, taught the merits of David. So he concluded the last Mishnah and all the Mishnayot during the exact hour that Mashiach ben David will be born. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not find a vessel better suited to preserving bracha rather than shalom. Now, with all this, Rabotai, we can explain why Ezra HaSofer chose to begin the reading of Sefer, of, of Sefer Devarim, Parashat Devarim, on the Shabbat preceding Tisha B'Av. Let us discuss what is Sefer Devarim about? Is it more like Torah Shebikhtav? Or is it more like Torah Shebaal Pes? You're probably thinking, what, what, what are you talking about, Rabbi? Clearly, it's Torah Shebikhtav. It's part of the five books of the Torah. It's Torah Shebikhtav. It's not a Mishnah. It's not a Gemara. Well, let's see. If you look closely, maybe not. We see that it's included in the other with the other four books. And if one letter or word is missing from any of the parashiyot in Sefer Devarim, that Sefer Torah is invalid and you have to fix it. So in that respect, Sefer Devarim is an integral part of Torah Shebikhtav. But yet, in many of the writings of the Chachamim, the Rav Tzadok HaKohen the, the, and the Sfat Emet, he says that the Sefer Devarim is often considered a part of Torah Shebe'alpeh, of the Oral Torah. And they substantiate this based on the fact that Sefer Devarim has a special pseudonym to it. It's called Mishneh Torah, a repetition of Torah. The Gemara teaches us, Masech Megillah, that Moshe Mipi Atzmo Amaran, Moshe uttered the words of Sefer Devarim, Elea Devarim, on his own. According to Rashi, this means he was acting as God's messenger. He was relaying to the people what God had said to him. So, what the, the Vilna Gaon says, you want to know what the true difference is between Sefer Devarim and the other four books? The first four uh, books were heard from the mouth of Akadosh Baruch Hu himself through the throat of Moshe. That's how the Vilna Gaon interprets it. But it was, that's not the case of Sefer Devarim. Israel heard the, what was written in Sefer Devarim like any prophet spoke. So it was more personal in a way. It was Moshe Rabbeinu speaking, just like a prophet, in the, just like Yeshua and Shoftim and Shmuel. It was Moshe in Sefer Devarim. So that's how Sefer Devarim was transmitted to the Jewish people through the mouth of Moshe Rabbeinu Alav Shalom. So it appears that Sefer Devarim, in fact, has, possesses an intermediate status between Torah Shebikhtav and Torah Shebe'alpeh, because it incorporates the characteristics of both. On one hand, it was uttered by Moshe Rabbeinu through Ruach HaKodesh, um, and, and, it, and, and it's included in Torah Shebikhtav, okay? But on the other hand, it was not heard directly from the mouth of God, but uh, through the throat of Moshe, like the other four books, so it resembles the Torah Shebe'alpeh. So now with that, we can say, we can learn unbelievable. Applying this principle, the Sfat Emet says, why Chachamim referred to Sefer Devarim as Mishneh Torah? Because it indicates Mishneh Shnaim. It's like two types of Torah. Mishneh also means repetition. 
Uh, but all, there's like two types of Torah. There's a Torah Shebichtav in it, and there's a Torah Shebealpeh in it. Whereas the other four books are merely Torah Shebichtav. So now that we've learned the root cause of the Chorban, and the subsequent Galut was because of Bnei Israel's failure to occupy themselves properly with the Torah Shebichtav and Torah Shebealpeh, the Chachamim said, we got to do something about it. Ezra Sofer looked at the Pasuk and he says, look at these Jewish people, there's a problem here. They're loathing the Torah Shebikhtav, they're scorning the Torah Shebealpeh. So Ezra Sofer instituted that the reading of Sefer Devarim begin when? On the Shabbat prior to Tisha B'Av. Because it incorporates both aspects of the entire Torah. It incorporates aspects of the Torah Shebikhtav, the fact that it's part of the five books, and also the Torah Shebealpeh. And this practice teaches us that tikkun required to realize the complete final geula is proper study of the Torah Shebikhtav and Torah Shebealpeh. 523 plus 5 equals 528. That is the mafteach. That is what we need to focus on so much in these last three weeks. We're not done yet. We still have a very important week in front of us of Shavua Shel Halbo. Uh, concluding with Tisha B'Av. And let's not forget, those last six hours of Tisha B'Av are so, so important. The hours where we get up and we recite Nechama and we and we sit on our chairs, the hour that represents the birth of Mashiach ben David, the, the hour where everything gets, the hours where everything gets rectified, which which, which puts everything together, the, 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 the last Mishnah, the last chapter of Mishnayot where Kadosh Baruch Hu is declaring to us there is no greater tikkun in the world. There is no way to bring back the Bet HaMikdash to what we long for so much rather than to have a Kli that can be machzik, the bracha, a vessel that can, that, can, that can hold and attain all the blessing in the world and that is Shalom. That is what we strive for at these very, very precious times. That was what we need to work, uh, work at in our everyday dealings with our friends and our family and our uh, and our relatives, seeking peace. Because that's what counts. That's what's going to bring the key and open up a whole different world for us and hopefully a world filled with bracha and the coming of Mashiach. And wishing everyone here a Shabbat Shalom and a very, very easy and meaningful fast. Have a great night.